This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers, to the end zone, caught, for the touchdown, James Jones! John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? You are listening to Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our good friends at Bet Online and Indeed. I'm Fallon Smith. James Jones will join me in just a few minutes. Per usual, I will go over some news and notes before I bring him in. And then we will give you our biggest takeaways from the Raiders' lopsided win over the Broncos. We will look ahead to the Raiders' Sunday night football showdown against the Chiefs. And we will discuss why Andy Reid is so salty. Yeah. (laughs) The team has some bulletin board material that they're using for fuel this week. More on that a little bit later. But first, the latest news, and this is a huge, huge bummer, but also not surprising considering we are living in unprecedented times, and every week it seems like somebody has landed themselves on the reserve COVID-19 list. This time, it's two players. The Raiders placed Cleland Farrell and LaMarcus Joyner on the reserve COVID-19 list. You guys all know Trent Brown and also Corey Littleton, um, are also on the list as well. Um, now, as of Tuesday, it is unknown whether or not Farrell and Joyner tested positive for the virus or they were just considered close contacts of someone who did test positive. Now, this is how it works. So if they tested positive and are asymptomatic, it's just a five-day window, right? So they could be back for Sunday's game. If they tested positive and had symptoms then I believe it is a 10-day window, and they would not be back for Sunday's game. Now, this doesn't look so good for Farrell, at least, because Farrell took to his Instagram and he said, I'm doing okay. Thank you to everybody that reached out. I'll be back better than ever. Shit hurts, but we got bigger goals than one game. Love you, Raider Nation. Now, excuse my cursing. I was just reading a post, okay? Don't kill the messenger. But it sounds like Farrell doesn't think he's playing this weekend, right? Because he said, it hurts, but 
we've got bigger goals than just one game. So it kind of seems like he's missing this one game. We shall see. And that's pretty unfortunate, though, because Farrell, you know, has been playing pretty darn well. He's not racking up the sacks, but he definitely has been a factor. Um, if he can't go, it's likely that Arden Key or Carl Nassib will start at defensive end opposite Max Crosby. Um, I think both guys have the ability to plug right in and have this defense not skip a beat. Because, you know, after missing two games, Arden Key, he came back against the Broncos. And, and although he recorded just two tackles, that really didn't show his impact on the game. I mean, he had a quarterback hit. His presence was definitely felt all game long. And Carl Nassib had his best game by far as a Raider. He had four pressures, one quarterback hit, a pass breakup, and then, of course, that big boy interception. Uh, so Key and Nassib playing with a ton of confidence right now, and I'm sure, you know, they they welcome more snaps. And this Sunday, if Farrell can't go, they're going to get their chances. They're going to get more snaps. So we shall see. Now, as far as LaMarcus Joyner goes, looks like Nevin Lawson would replace him in the slot. And Lawson, he had a great game on Sunday. According to Pro Football Focus, this is freaking crazy. According to Pro Football Focus, he didn't allow a single yard in coverage. He had 20 coverage snaps. And he didn't allow a single yard in coverage. Now, he also forced a fumble. And he recovered it, by the way, which led to a Raiders touchdown. And that really helped put the game out of reach. Now, obviously, this was against the struggling Drew Locke-led offense. <laughs> and this Sunday will be a little different against the Chiefs. But, man, confidence is a heck of a thing. And Lawson right now believes he could cover anyone. I mean, let's be real. He probably has all the confidence in the world, and I am here for it. We need that kind of mojo, you know what I mean, against the Chiefs. Now, some injury news. Jalen Richard, uh, it has been reported that he has a bruised sternum. He posted on social media, I appreciate all the love and concern. I'm good. So hopefully he'll be good to go for this weekend's game, but I'm not sure his status. We'll see later in the week when they give us some injury updates. Now, some good news. Mo Hurst and Colton Miller, they worked out on Monday. Gruden is hopeful that they will play this Sunday, but... Uh, we should know more, you know, about their status either today or later this week. All right, Raider Nation. Well, it is always a good day and a good week, you know, when you beat the donkeys. And the Raiders not only beat the Broncos, they crushed them. They destroyed them to the tune of a 37-12 lopsided win to improve to 6-3, and 3-0 in the division, and put the NFL on notice. Put some respect on the Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Now, in my opinion, this was the most complete game that the Raiders have played all season long in regards to all three phases of the game. As far as special teams, I believe the Broncos started four of their drives inside their own 10, and then Daniel Carlson knocked in all three of his field goals. Now, they did leave some points on the board. Hunter Renfro's punt return for a touchdown. Ugh, I was pissed. It was called back because of a Jonathan Abram penalty. But other than that, exceptional day for special teams for sure can't argue against that now defense kudos to y'all man you know they say turnovers are contagious and that couldn't be more true for the Raiders this past Sunday <laughs> they forced five turnovers including four interceptions granted Drew Locke made some terrible decisions but I don't care who you are playing Four picks in a game is incredible. Period. 
with the T at the end. <laughs> Anyways, um, this was a big step in the right direction for the defense because, you know, the Raiders entered this game having forced just three interceptions and five turnovers all season long. So they doubled their turnovers in just one game. So great job, defense, for stepping up and having a big game. Hopefully that will, you know, translate and continue this Sunday. Now, offensively, they definitely left some points on the board. Had big drops from Waller, Ruggs, and Aguilar, but they had four rushing touchdowns, ran for over 200-plus yards, and have really been carrying the Raiders' offense the past three weeks. More on the running game a little bit later. And with the Raiders' 37 points, y'all, it marks their fifth game this season, which they have scored 30-plus points. Why do I say that? Because they only had four total 30-plus point games the previous two seasons. Hmm. So, things are trending in the right direction for the Raiders. And with that said, time now to bring in my good friend, former Super Bowl champion wide receiver, current NFL Network analyst, James Jones. A week in the new crib. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. You know, as you can see, I still look like I'm in prison. Ain't nothing on the walls and all that. So, still just unpacking, getting everything situated, man, trying to, trying to get in here slowly. <laughs> You like the new crib, though? I do, man. I love the new crib. I am tired, though. I feel like I'm a new mom like you, you know what I mean? Because I ain't getting no rest moving all these boxes. And then on top of that, you got football <laughs> practice, basketball practice. Then you got to come back, more boxes and all that stuff. So it's all good, though. I like how you said new mom. You should have probably said new dad, but I'm going to let that slide. Well, I, said I'm, I said I'm feeling like you, a new mom. You know, <laughs> um, also, everyone, um, this is going to be released on Wednesday because my guy can't get his stuff together. Just kidding. It's because he's busy. We both are busy. So trying to schedule a podcast uh, with both of our schedules is, is a little difficult, but we're getting one out. I know. Um, I do know. I do got to do better for you guys, Raider Nation, but man, I'd be tired. <laughs> yeah. I'll be on me. She'd be on me. When we doing it? When we doing it? I'm like, ah, sometimes I respond, sometimes I don't. Exactly. So it's all on me. But I, she did try to have my back right now, though. I appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying to have your back, but basically he added himself. Yeah, it is tough because of JJ. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, well, the Raiders, this is good news. Let's talk about some positivity. Uh, the Raiders approved a 6-3 and three after their win over the Broncos on Sunday. And now they have all the national pundits talking about the silver and black ahead of their showdown against the Chiefs. Um, but we're going to get to that a little bit later. The Raiders completely destroyed the Broncos, JJ, as they should, of course. And yeah, yeah, they're not a very good team. They're dealing with a ton of injuries. Drew Locke is on the struggle bus this season, yada, yada, yada. But nonetheless, you know, this was a division game, a division win. The Raiders are 3-0 in the division and looking like a playoff contender. Oh, and you got to let me tell you something. I don't care who is on the schedule. You got to play the football games. You know, just because they're on the schedule don't necessarily mean you're going to blow them out just because they're a bad football team. 
Yeah. I mean, we've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers struggle with the Dallas Cowboys with a seven-string quarterback the week before last. <laughs> yeah. We've seen the Green Bay Packers this weekend struggle with the Jacksonville Jaguars game coming down to the dang wire. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? So for the Raiders to go out, especially a division opponent, and dominate the way they did, that I mean, yeah, you're looking at the team and saying that's how it's supposed to be, but it's still hard to win ball games, especially in the fashion that they wanted, and especially a division game. Mm-hmm. And especially the defense showing up, getting all them takeaways and playing the way they played, man. Hey, it's hard to win. However you can get them, you can get them. But whenever you can dominate somebody who's – when they go and look in their locker the next day, they paycheck just as good as Derek Carr's <laughs> and all them boys too. Hey, that means something. Well, what was your biggest takeaway for the – from the game because you thought that it was going to be a one score game ended up being a blowout I said a two score game but it ended up being uh, yeah 37 to 12 blowout yeah you're right and I I said it was going to be a one score because I I truly believe it's hard to blow out division opponents I don't care what your record is it's hard to beat division opponents that you see two times a year that that knows you so well but the Raiders went out there man and really handled their business and really the key to the game is they just came out and said we tougher than you (laughs) we bigger and stronger than you and we're going to run this thing downhill at you and force you to tackle our two backs and they could not tackle the two backs I mean Josh Jacobs had his way all day you know and then the former Bronco came in there and had his way all day with him and finished him off Booker so they could not stop the run. And then if you can't stop the run and you got a passer at a football like Derek Carr, you in trouble because now you're able to do anything and everything you want with the play action pass. But they really just said, Broncos, welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> welcome to the grind mode. And you're often to get a little taste of how Raider Nation for the play football this season. And we're going to run it down your throat. And that's exactly what they did. Now, obviously, the Raiders biggest win of the season was week five against the Chiefs. But. I said this before you came on. I said this was the most complete game that the Raiders have played all season from special teams to defense, offense, you know, all three phases of the game. I'm going to get to the offense a little bit later. I know you mentioned, uh, you know, Derek Carr. Obviously, he didn't get help from <clears throat> some of the receivers with the little drop sees. Uh, thank goodness for the, the running game. And his, his stats weren't really sexy, weren't all that. But again, it had to do with, you know, his stats would have been completely different if his receivers caught the ball because there were about three deep passes that should have been caught. Um, but anyways, let's start with the defense, okay? So let's let's rewind, bring it back. They forced five turnovers, JJ. Four interceptions, two from Jeff Heath. Now, there's no doubt the interception before halftime was really the game changer. It really was the turning point in the game because they were only up 10-6, right, at that point. And just the play before, this is what I think should not go unnoticed, the play before, Heath, he drew a holding penalty on Noah Fant, which negated the touchdown run by Drew Locke, right? Um, Things would have been a whole lot different entering, you know, the half if they would have scored that touchdown. Instead, Heath, on the following play, after he, you know, drew that uh, holding penalty, following play, jumps the route, ball intended for Jerry Judy, freaking picks off lock for the second time, and that really just took the wind out of the Broncos' sails, and the, the Raiders really never looked back from there, J.J. Oh, no, you're absolutely right, and that's, and that's a gut shot right there, man. You can see when he threw the pick, I mean, his head went down, the whole team's head went down. I mean, you in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you're going to come out of there with a field goal and go into this thing 10-9. You know 
you know what I mean? Down one on the road, you know, and really feeling good about yourself. And then to throw a pick and all the momentum go back to the Raiders. That was a huge play in the game. But beyond the play, excellent. <laughs> I mean, he looked, uh, he looked, he looked like Ed Reed. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he came in, he came in front of the route, jumped in front of the route. He looked like Ed Reed coming down there, man, making plays on the football. And to be honest with you, when I seen it, I said that is truly a sight to see, man, for the Raiders, mm-hmm. Raiders defense. And I was saying this about the Packers defense uh, before the game started last week, and I said it's certain games like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought the Packers would come out and play better against Jacksonville. But it's certain games like this for the Raiders that in that locker room and on that defensive side of the ball, and I don't care who you play, the confidence yeah. that a game like this will give you, yep. you know, carrying over to the Chiefs, to yep. whoever you play, yep. you know, the upcoming schedule, that's huge because you feel like, man, we've been saying take the football away all season. Yep. On this podcast, the Raiders probably. Probably in the media, Gruden, and for you to go out there and play like that and take the ball away, now all of a sudden you're looking at each other in that locker room like, bruh, we can do this, man. We do got the guys back here that could take the ball away, and that breeds confidence, man. And if the defense, like we said, like we keep saying, if they could get Derek Carr some extra possessions, it's probably going to be more blowouts like this. Well, J.J., sticking with Jeff Heath, it begs the question, J.J., should he start over Eric Harris at free safety? Because Harris, he started all nine games this season, right? And this is a guy who I love because he's he works his butt off, right? And he has a great story, right? But he has struggled in coverage. And now because we don't have like a really huge sample size with Jeff Heath, um, it's really hard to make the proclamation. Yeah, he should start over him. But I think that the Raiders should consider it for a few reasons and here's and I know I was going to ask you a question but let me just say this real quick I know this is supposed to be towards you but you know the Raiders won as you mentioned have a ton of confidence right now right have a lot of confidence a lot of momentum and confidence breeds success right so that's one of my reasons and they're entering the Chiefs week but Heath has only started one game and has limited reps and he still leads the team in interceptions with three interceptions. Guess when his other interception was? Kansas City. Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, who hadn't thrown an interception all freaking season long. And basically that pick is what sealed the deal, sealed the win, you know, for the Raiders in week five. So he is proven when he is given the opportunity that he is an impact type player. And right now, that's what the Raiders need. So I feel like, yeah, I love you, Eric Harris, but this dude's making big-time plays. Got to give him a chance. Well, Fallon, I'm going to disagree with you on that. And, Ooh, the okay. only, and the only reason why I'm going to disagree with you on that is because I feel like Harris is is a more consistent player than he. And the reason why I say that is because, yeah, the takeaways might not be there. He might not be getting his hands on the rock and, and getting some takeaways. But I feel like he's a solid guy in the back end and he's always going to be where he's supposed to be. He might not have a lot of splash plays, but he's always going to be where he's supposed to be. And he's a leader out there. Mm, number he struggles two, in coverage a little bit, bro, bro. Number two okay. is I played against Heath. And he struggles in coverage a lot, too. <laughs> and, I know, and I know he's got his hands on a couple balls and we all looking like, shoot, we got us a big time safety. Nah, nah, nah. 
All right. You know, hey, he came in there. Hey, credit to him. He came in. He's doing his job when he gets in there. He's getting his hands on some footballs, getting some takeaways. But in my humble opinion, playing against, he he's not better than Harris. And like, and I just feel like the Raiders are more of a sound defense when Harris is in the game. He might not get the takeaways. He might get the takeaways. But I still feel like they got a better chance with him at safety and heat coming, being in there, coming in there, being that extra safety and being able to help him out. But I still like, I still like Harris in there, man. And, and, and I trust him to make some play. I feel there's no doubt that Heath though has earned himself some more reps. Oh yeah, definitely. More snaps. So yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't not give him more reps. A guy who done got three interceptions, you know, and you know, in the biggest moments of the game, I mean, you got to find some, some packages or whatever to get him in the game. But, I'm not necessarily saying, all right, you're starting now because you done got your hands on a couple footballs. It don't happen like that. Okay. It's just like a it's just like a receiver coming in, you know, balling harder than a star receiver a couple of games, like, oh shoot, we need to get him to pull one. No, you need to throw it to Hopkins a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a little different, but okay, but you do make some good points as always. However, I will beg to differ right now. Um, I feel like Jeff Heath has all the confidence and that he thinks that he is a starting safety. And confidence is a hell of a thing, man. So it is, it is. But hey, don't let a couple plays take you away from dudes that's been, you know, in this system, you know, making plays for a long time, man. Okay. You know? He had a big-time year last year. He came in. He beat out a first-rounder in Demarius Randall to yeah, earn exactly. his spot. Right. You don't take it away from him that quick because a the dude then came in and made a couple plays. Okay. I'll give it to you. Then with that said, I kind of want to get your thoughts on, on this then. So Corey Littleton was on the reserve COVID-19 list, right? He didn't play against the Broncos. Um, and it doesn't sound like actually he'll be back this week either. That's according to some reports. But – Guess what? I think I'm okay with it, JJ, because we have a guy. His name is Nicholas Morrow, and Morrow was flying all over the football field. He ended the game with five tackles, two pass breakups, two quarterback hits. He had a sack, uh, and we have not been seeing those kinds of stats from a guy named Corey Littleton, who was supposed to be our prized free agent. And JJ, Morrow has been with the Raiders since 2017. Okay. He knows Gruden's system. He's also an easy guy to root for. Kind of like an Eric Harris type of story. You know what I mean? He played college football at Greenville College. Do you know where that is, JJ? Greenville. Do you know where Greenville is? <laughs> no. It's down the street from me, basically. No, oh, there you it's, go. It's about two and a half hours from me. It's a Division three school. He played with a crowd, you know what Division three school stadiums look like? Yeah. Look like a high school stadium. Yeah. A couple hundred people at the games. Yeah. And this is a guy who's making plays in the NFL, and he's actually been a, a pretty solid player for the Raiders. And um, obviously with Corey Little being, you know, the price free agent, he's going to come in here and, and start, right, as he should. And Morrow's supposed to be a backup. But Lord have mercy. The the impact plays that Morrow made, he was literally one of the star defenders of this game on Sunday. You know, Fallon, you are you are a tough coach. You are a tough coach. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, I, I probably would love to play for you if I was a backup and hate to play for you if I was a starter because right when the backups make some plays, you like, shoot, man, hell with the starters. We go on with the backups. Nicholas Burr has been a solid linebacker hey, for the Raiders. Okay, let's the last couple not years. forget. Let's not forget when the offseason came, why me and you were on this podcast screaming for the Raiders to get a middle linebacker, okay? You know what I mean? It's a reason why we were screaming for that. We did not have a guy consistently making plays there. Yes, the young fella came in. He made a couple plays. He had a heck of a game. Yes, he did. But still, he's not a Corey Littleton. So if we can get him off the COVID list, to be able to run sideline to sideline, to be able to cover Travis Kelsey and to be able to cover the speed that they got out there, we need Corey Littleton out there. Did our backups play well? Did they come in and play well? Absolutely. And remember, I keep telling you, you could never have enough talent on your roster to be as successful as you want to be because injuries is going to come, especially now with this COVID stuff is going to come. You need guys like this. You need heaps. You need guys like this to step up and make plays when their number is called. But you gotta go back to your starters in this point in this point of the season and play football. But the backups did come in and do their job. Okay, and if that's the case, right? I need Corey Littleton to play like he's a starter. Oh, one hundred percent. And he's not made any impact plays this season. And one, one, he's a twenty. We paid him twenty-two billion dollars to do what? I, I, I know what we paid him, Fallon. I know what we paid him. But every year, just because somebody is making big dollars, they're not Pro Bowl players every year. You know what I'm saying? Some players have down years. This is his first year in the system. You know what I mean? Not to make excuses for him because, hey, I'm with you. You got to step up. And we need to to hear your name more than we hear your name, Corey. Period. Yeah, period. You know what I'm saying? So when you get in there, we need need you to make some plays. But you definitely can't go away from him right now and, and and put the young fella in there and let him go in there and play over Corey, even if he is, you know, on the COVID list. We need him back, especially going up against Patrick Mahomes. Did we beat him last? Did we beat them last time? Yes. But yeah. We all know these Chiefs are coming. All right. And we need everybody healthy, all the big time players ready to go. I want to ask you what you think about Nick Kutkowski, because this is a guy who. You know, we mentioned kind of week in, week out how he's been flying around the field, et cetera. But he had a heck of a game <laughs> this past weekend. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, so many defenders, actually, we could have sat here and talked about so many of the Raiders defenders having great games because it was a great defensive performance, obviously, when you force five takeaways. Uh, but Nick Kukowski, eight tackles, led the team with eight tackles, two pass breakups, an interception, and the interception was a beautiful one-hander. Pretty freaking impressive. Uh, it would be really impressive even if it was a wide receiver, right? With that said, I'm going to ask you about Kukowski, but the funny thing is Morrow, right, usually comes in for Kukowski on passing downs in the red zone. And since he was playing for Littleton, guess what? Kukowski was still in the game. Still on the field. And then he made that beautiful one-handed interception. So maybe Gunther needs to give Kukowski a little more credit, you know, as a coverage linebacker and keep him in during those passing situations. And I, and I was just about to say that, man. As I was watching the game, it looked like the Raiders' game plan was simple on defense. And, and just watching the play, it looked like it wasn't a lot of scheme stuff. Let's go out there and play like our hair on fire. Mm-hmm. And the Denver Broncos is a swimming pool, and we got to get to that thing. <laughs> now, it's crazy that you mentioned that because that is how I was going to wrap up this segment because 
you know, a couple weeks ago, John Gruden had said they were going to make major changes on defense, right? After their poor performance, I believe, against the Bucks. I think it was after the Bucks game. And according to guys like Morrow, he said they didn't do anything major. They just simplified the game plan. So how much does simplifying things help a unit that is struggling, JJ? Well, it's huge because it just allows you to play fast and not think. You know what I mean? I don't got to start here and roll and get back here. And then if they're in this in this formation, then I got to do this. Then if he runs this route, then I got to do this. No, it's line up. This is my area. Cover it and let's go play. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this is my gap. Get in there and let's go play. Not if they in this formation, I got to do this. Or, you know, if we got a blitz package on, I got to do this unless they in that. Too much thinking. You know, too much thinking. And you see, when I was watching the game, you've seen the Raiders line up. And like I said, just play with their hair on fire and fast. And it just was overwhelming for Drew Locke and the Broncos, man. And they got after him. But that's what making stuff simple allows you to do. And same for the offensive side of the ball. When we were, when we were with Green Bay, yeah, we had a lot of weapons, but it was very simple. Mm-hmm. This is our play. Mm-hmm. A-Rod, look at the day defense and pick where you want to go. That's and all you, other do, all you other dudes that's out there, run your route fast, play fast. You ain't got to think a lot. It's not a lot of adjustments. You ain't, you ain't got to worry about no blitzes and all that. You're just going out there, playing with your hair on fire, ball come your way, make a play, get busy. And the Raiders' defense was flying around. And you've seen it. You've seen the difference. You've seen they were flying around. It wasn't a lot of thinking and, you know, trying to figure out what the Broncos was doing. They were like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is how it's going to be. And that's that's what they need to do. Especially going up against the Chiefs. You can't be thinking a lot. Of course. And so, obviously, they simplified things, but they also were very prepared because it seemed like they knew exactly where Drew Locke was going every single time. And and they finally got pressure on Drew Locke. (laughs) Yeah. He was uncomfortable and under duress uh, for most of the game. All right, we have to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will discuss the Raiders' offense, and we will look ahead to the Raiders' Sunday night football showdown versus the Chiefs, and the wonderful bulletin board material that is circulating the Chiefs' locker room, courtesy of a bus. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Blue Wire listeners, 2020 has really reshaped how we work, and businesses across the globe are challenged every day to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Now, according to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. And Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person that you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need so you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so that you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering Blue Wire listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post 
which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Again, go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, now to all my NFL listeners out there, you might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins division, and championship futures all day, every day. So why don't you head to bed online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we are back. So the Raiders crushed the Denver Broncos 37 to 12 but they could have easily put up a 50 piece (laughs) they definitely left some points on the board they left some points on the board when it came to special teams Hunter Renfro had a punt return for a touchdown that was called back because of a Jonathan Abram penalty that was a bummer and then of course we had some big drops uh, from Waller and Aguilar a touchdown a would-be touchdown from Waller would-be touchdown from Aguilar But still, the Raiders put up 37 points, and you know what? Who cares? A win's a win. And it was all about the Raiders' run game on Sunday versus the Broncos, right? 203 rushing yards, four touchdowns. You had Josh Jacobs, who led the way with 112 yards on 21 carries and two touchdowns. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry on Sunday. And then former Bronco Devontae Booker had 16 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. So a nice revenge game for him. But it wasn't just Sunday. I mean, he's been solid for the Raiders all season long. His contributions should not go unnoticed. He has been a difference maker, and I'm loving the one-two punch from the Raiders, J.J. You know, we we knew Josh Jacobs would be a beast. He is a beast. But Booker has been extremely impressive this season, and entering the season, I would not have projected that he would make the type of impact that he has been making on this football team. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, and what I see, especially, you know, with the run game and the one-two punch is you're trying to tackle Josh Jacobs running behind this big old line and Josh Jacobs wears you down. And then you got Booker coming in, who's even a bigger back running downhill at you. And now you've been trying to tackle Josh. And now when you're tired, you got to come in here and you got to tackle Booker. And when you watch Booker's runs, he is running through these arm tackles. You know what I mean? They are are straight arm tackles. Teams are tired. He only got to make one guy miss. And he's running through these arm tackles, man. So the Raiders got a heck of a one-two punch going on, man. But you got to give credit to the O-line because, like I just said, a lot of these touchdowns, you know, Booker, one tackle you got to break and you in the end zone. You know, some of Josh Jacobs' runs, he still has his flags on right now. He wasn't touched till he was 15 <laughs> yards down the field. They you know? walked so, into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, so you got you have to give credit to this O-line, man. The O-line was just moving yep. people 
out of the way, man. But we knew that. We knew yeah. the Raiders were going to be a smash mouth football team behind that big old line. They were going to run this ball downhill and they were going to play action pass at their speed. And remember I said on the podcast that the Raiders is one of the few teams who truly know their identity. Yep. All these other teams is kind of searching, hey, what are we trying to do? We're trying to be 60-40 pass. We try to do, the Raiders know. Once we come into this stadium, our first job is to run this thing down your throat and force you to tackle our backs. And if you do, then our quarterback is going to play action pass and he's going to make some throws down the field. And our receivers will catch it. Receivers have days like that. Our receivers will catch it and make some plays. But like I said, man, when you trying to tackle Josh Jacobs and then you got to come in the next series and try to tackle Booker, it's tough, man. Both them dudes run hard and they running through arm tackles. Well, get this. Over the past three weeks... The Raiders have averaged 190.7 rushing yards per game. And you talked about the offensive line. The point is they're doing that with a makeshift offensive line. Sunday, they were down three starters. And you got guys like Denzel Good, Brandon Parker, Sam Young, who have stepped right in there and have been doing a heck of a job. They haven't even skipped a beat, basically, right? They haven't been perfect. Did we bench the other guys? <laughs> no. <laughs> So definitely, now that's where I draw the line. No, I'm just kidding. They need Trent Brown. They need Richie Incognito. Shut up. Dang, I see what you did there. I get get your point. Get your point. Anyway, (laughs) stop laughing at me. But I say that to say this. Okay. They're down three starters, right, this past game. Still carving up the Denver defense, right? Tom Cable deserves to be in the conversation for assistant coach of the year. He has done a remarkable job with all the injuries this season. And really since he has been hired, you know, um, as offensive line coach, I think that it shouldn't go unnoticed what he's been able to do with the guys that he's been able to do it with, because it's not like they're thriving with their five starters. They haven't had their five starters together all season long. From from being around Cable for for the little time that I was around him, yeah, he's such a great coach as at getting the guys prepared mentally. You know what I mean? Like he's he's the type of coach, and there's very few coaches out there that can get a player to play hungry and really motivate a player and take a player to that next step. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it ain't always all about the X's and O's and you know trying to put you in the right position. Sometimes it's just about being a dog mm-hmm. and that coach being able to bring it out you and saying, look, bro, I could care less about your technique, Fallon. Mm-hmm. Move the dang boy out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Josh Jacobs could hit the hole. You got what I'm saying? I don't care if your arms in, out, <laughs> sideways, whatever it is. I don't <laughs> care how you driving them. Move the dang boy out the way. Be physical and go do it. And being around and being around Cable, that's the type of coach he is, man. Mentally, he can really take you there and have you out there really playing hungry and playing nasty mm-hmm. and moving people out the way. So you're absolutely right. Credit to him because I mean, talk about 190 yards, you know, rushing the last three games. That's huge, and that's definitely not all on the backs. Yeah. <laughs> that is the old line moving people out of the way, man. And when you got a you know, a circus rotation over there going on and you still able to run the ball like that, man. That, that That's credit to the coaching and the backups coming in, but the coaches getting them backup players ready. Well, hopefully Cole Miller will be back this week. Um, Richie Incognito and Trent Brown 
still up in the air. We know Trent Brown will be missing at least a few few more games, and Richie Incognito, his status also still up in the air. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, those backups doing a hell of a job for the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, now, car stats, as I mentioned, not too sexy. JJ, 16 of 25 for 154 yards. Um, but, of course, when your run game can dominate like the way that the Raiders, you know, run game did, all Carr really has to do is be efficient. And that's what Carr was. And that's all really he has to do all season long. He doesn't have to put up crazy numbers when you have the run game that the Raiders have, right? And again, I'm kind of just salty for Carr because you're like, bruh. I, you had a 50-yard bomb or a whatever-yard bomb. You know what I'm saying? My stats could have been much nicer. One, <laughs> 100%, but we all know the only stat that matters is the W. But, yes, no, as a receiver, you they probably lost sleep like, dang, man, I just dropped a 50-yarder because I know I was. Uh, Yo, you Waller. Know I mean? like, Waller. Waller does not draw balls like that, and he, I know he yeah. was pissed on the sideline. You could see it all over his face. That would have been a touchdown, and Aguilar also, you know, missed the opportunity for a touchdown. I'm actually was just frustrated because all I needed Waller to do was catch one more ball, and I would have won in fantasy, and I lost by one point. So I was oh, freaking, so, I was so, so mad, salty. You mad at him because you're fantasy, not because he. <laughs> yeah, basically, I lost by one freaking point, and if we would have caught that ball, it would have been game over. So I'm oh, freaking okay. pissed. Well, but the good thing is, the good thing is, is he'll catch it this week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I was playing the top guy in our in our league. Well, I'm the yeah. top guy, top guy, top girl in my family league, but in this other league. I'm not. So I was trying to, you know, get an upset yeah. win. Anyways, I play myself. Waller played me. Okay, moving on. Anyways, um, the reason why I even brought up the car in the offense, because um, really this game was about the run game, was because of Henry Ruggs again. JJ, he had three catches for 31 yards, okay? And he did have a drop. Well, eh, yeah, he had a drop. It went through his hand. So that, yes. I just want to know, do you feel like Carr and him are not on the same page? Because that's kind of what it feels like to me. You got somebody like a Ruggs. Don't you think you guys should have, your your rapport should already be developed? That chemistry should already be developed? Like, who are we blaming here? <laughs> well, 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 yes and no. And the reason why I say that is because Aaron Rodgers knew, Derek Carr knew that J.J., he ain't blowing the socks off of nobody. <laughs> so I just got to get the ball in his area because he is special at catching the rock. So as long as I just get it in his area, he'll make a play. Yeah. But when you're dealing with these speedsters, that sometimes Henry Ruggs may come out of his route like this, and he may come out this fast. Mm. And then sometimes Henry Ruggs may come out of his route like this, and this fast, you know what I mean? And then sometimes he may come out of this route like this and this fast. So when you're dealing with a speedster and you're really trying to connect with him and timing and throw him open and, you know, throw it on the money and lead him and all that type stuff. When you're dealing with a dude that can really go like Henry Ruggs, it's definitely going to take more time than you're dealing with trying to connect with a Brian Edwards, you okay. know, who's not really blowing the socks off. You know what I mean? He's just kind of a possession guy. and You can put the ball in his area. It's totally different. You really have to work on your timing when you're dealing with a speedster like that, man, because it's hard. It's hard to connect with those guys because they come out of their routes different each time, different speed each time. You know what I mean? And and trying to connect with them just is tough. So you 
definitely knew coming into this season that they would have them growing pains, but I still I still want him to get more targets, more opportunities. I don't care if the ball is thrown 50 yards over his head. I don't care if it's thrown at his feet. I don't care where it is, but he needs more targets. I want to come into a game where it's like, let's design this game plan when we pass the ball around Henry Ruggs mm-hmm. and let's at least give him 10 to 12 targets to Seriously. go make play. He had four targets, I believe. Four targets. Yeah. He cut the ball three yeah. times. And, and if I was on the Raiders and I was Brian Edwards or if I was Nelson Aguilar, I would be mad at me for saying give Henry Ruggs 10 to 12 targets. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what you talking about? I'm over here balling too. Throw me the nah, ball 12 times. Because like, he needs, he needs I just to get feel going. like he's the guy that could really make everything explode. And that's mm-hmm. why they took the chance on him drafting him so high in front of C.D. Lamb, in front of Jerry Judy, because they knew that this is what they were going to get. If he can get connect down the field, it's just going to open the offense up that much more. But give him his targets. And my thing is, is even if you take the shot and don't connect, it's still in the defense like, oh, shoot, they just try to throw this bomb on yeah, me over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. give, give, them his, give them his targets. I still feel like they need to do a better job with that. And I know the last time that we spoke, our last podcast, you were saying, you know, to get him going early and maybe just some short passes to get him going, kind of like getting some layups, you know? Yeah, reverses. <laughs> just, just get him in the game and get the ball in his hands, man, quick. It's not hard. What about just a bunch of go routes, man? I'm, just like- I'm with you on that too. Like I said, even if you don't connect, it's just a, it's just a. All right, y'all keep playing bump and run if you want, or keep coming <laughs> up here. We're gonna bomb that thing over your head and you and use his speed. You know, it ain't always gotta be wide open. Now the good news is Rugs versus the Chiefs. He had a 72-yard touchdown. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, John Gruden maybe gets a little more aggressive this weekend. So speaking of the Chiefs. Raiders host the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs. That is sounds so terrible. Ugh. Anyways, they host the Chiefs this Sunday in primetime on Sunday Night Football. I am ridiculously pumped up for the game. Also a little nervous. <laughs> but the first time they met this season, the Raiders beat the Chiefs 40-32 to in Week 5. Chiefs' only loss of the season, by the way. Hmm. Now, with that said... Why did you shake your head when I said the Raiders will be more aggressive? Maybe they should be more aggressive. Why did you shake your head? Because this is one of those games where I feel like, even with all that I just said about Henry Ruggs, <laughs> this, is, this is one of those. This is one of those games to where I feel like Raiders be who you are. What did you just say, Fallon? 190 yards rushing the last three games, correct? Yep, yep, yep. The weak spots on the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs, their linebackers stink and their secondary stinks. Last time we played them, Josh Jacobs and Booker was getting these runs and they was getting up on their linebackers and their secondary, Mm -hmm. forcing those boys to tackle. And what else did it do? They had the ball 10 more minutes. Yes, yes. They had the ball 10 more minutes than Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You said it was 40 to 32. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes having one more possession. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm saying. So Raiders, be who you are. Keep Patrick Mahomes on that sideline. Run Josh Jacobs. 
and let's play action pass and take a shot when we can. But let's not come out in this game saying that, listen, we're trying to show our toys off and we're going to compete with your toys you got over there. No. Be who you are, Raiders. Run this dang ball until they stop it. All right. What made headlines this week, though, J.J., is that uh, Andy Reid, he was a little irritated over the Raiders' little victory lap around Arrowhead after the game. So apparently after the game, the Raiders told their bus driver to do some laps around Arrowhead Stadium. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, I think this is freaking hilarious. Um, It was their first win at Arrowhead since 2012, okay? So rightfully so, do what you do. You were the winner of this game. Celebrate if you want to. Andy Reid was not thrilled. The funny thing is, we are all just finding out that this actually happened. I had no idea that this even took place. And Andy Reid is basically the one that snitched, okay, (laughs) about it. What I don't like about this was John Gruden's response. He said, a smart Alec bus driver in KC basically made some snide comments, so that's why they took some laps. I don't even think that's true. I actually think they just were being cocky or whatever and celebrating and saying, hey, let's take some laps around Arrowhead um, after this game. Let's, let's, Let's soak it all in before we head to the airport. Well, number one, what I think about it is <clears throat> I kind of agree with Gruden because when you go on the road, you don't travel with your own bus driver. <laughs> oh, so you're saying you think that the bus driver was being a smart outlet. Yeah, you use you use the company that's in the city. Yeah, yeah. So 90% of the times, these dudes is Chiefs fans, Cowboys fans, Packers fans, if, you, if you're in their city. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, your team may say, here, put this Raider hat on while you drive our bus, but they ain't no dang Raider fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it possibly could have happened to where they got on the bus and the bus driver was like, yeah, I'm a Chiefs fan, you know, this, that. You know, we talked to the player. We talked to the bus drivers and all that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it could have been some little smart stuff said by the bus driver. So, you know, we don't know. But what would be the point? Hey, let's take longer to get to the airport. Just take like five laps. Yeah, we don't know what was said. It could have been a little friendly bet with the bus driver. You know, like, hey, man, we win. You got we got to take a couple laps or something. Or you got to take a picture in the Raider. Who knows? It could have been anything, you know. But I do not think it's a big deal if I'm in the Raiders locker room. Oh, if I'm in that Chiefs locker room. Oh, you mother. (laughs) This is bulletin board material that they can use throughout the week. Oh, yeah. You mother think y'all the big dogs because y'all came in here and won once out of the last 20 years. All right. (laughs) We're going to show y'all what's up. We're going to take some victory laps around this new stadium up there in Las Vegas if y'all want to do that around ours. And we're going to put it on IG and all that. But this, you're right, is bulletin board material. This will put fuel to the fuel to the fire, especially because it's a rivalry, it's a division game. So if I'm in that Chiefs locker room, my hot, my hot about it. Oh, they want to take laps, try to rub it in. If I'm in the Raiders locker room, man, it's all jokey yes. jokes, man. We just going around having some fun. Exactly, want, exactly. <laughs> um, it's just funny because I thought um, when I listened to John Gruden, I'm like, did he just make that up right now? Because I don't know if he was caught off guard by the question from Vic or guy Vic. No, Taffer. I don't think he made it up because okay. I mean, I, I, even me personally, I've been joking with a couple of the bus drivers on the road. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I've got on the bus and seen a bus driver in a Raider hat. Like, man, we in. We in New Orleans. I know you ain't no Raider fan, man. You ain't got to wear the hat. <laughs> you know, but you're just joking with the people. So he could have said something smart or something, but you know what happened. Well, it's funny. Then a few hours later, well, actually today, 
uh, while we're taping this super late on Tuesday night, it's literally, actually, it's technically Wednesday morning. It's past midnight here where I live. But anyway, so on Tuesday, the Chiefs, their Twitter, they posted this. It said, we'll let our play do the talking. And they had some photos of a game versus the Raiders. So basically, they were just talking trash. They were trolling the Raiders. They were salty. But I love this, JJ. You know why? Because let the rivalry and the bad blood continue. Absolutely. And I know, like, you know, as far as the outside looking in, they, they probably don't think this is a rivalry because the Chiefs had, uh, have owned this division for so many years, right? No. But Only as good as your last game. It's a rivalry now. <laughs> That's once what I Raiders, say. Once the Raiders got that W... Now, it's a, it's a rivalry now, man. Here it is. Well, Sunday Night Football, all eyes are going to be on the Raiders and Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders are 3-0 in the division. The Chiefs right now are 8-1, Raiders 6-3. and So, obviously, if they want any chance to take the division, they're going to have to win this football game. So, I know you probably don't have them winning this football game, JJ, but I'm, maybe I shouldn't talk so soon. What I'm going to ask you is, if the Raiders can win this game, is it fair to say, watch out NFL? Or am I going too far? Whew. I mean, first off, no, you're going too far. I mean, for, for the Raiders to sweep not only a division opponent, but the Super Bowl champions who really everybody has going back to the Super Bowl with the moves that they have made. You know what I mean? The Le'Veon Bell, the you know, the the Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, all the weapons that they have. I mean, everybody has this team picked to go back to the Super Bowl. And for you to come out here and you to sweep them, especially if you can do it in dom in, in a dominated fashion, like you did last game, you know, that that's really gonna send something to the to the National Football League and the teams in this league, man, to let you know that. You might not want to come over here playing with the Raiders. <laughs> you know, if the Raiders get in this playoffs and, and do what they got to do, you might not want to come to Las Vegas messing with the Raiders the way they are built. You know what I mean? And and the teams that they have beat. Because they dominated New Orleans, who everybody said could be one, the best team in the NFC. And you basically telling me they're going to dominate the Chiefs twice? Mm -hmm. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. And you better put some respect on our name. Because you ain't, ain't nobody you talking about the Raiders. You better be worried about the Raiders. And yeah, and ain't nobody talking about the Raiders until now. <laughs> Entered this game. I mean, they basically said after they beat the Chiefs the first time, you had some people that gave Raiders respect. But then you had others that were like, ah, oh, just a fluke. It was a division game. Kind of happens. You know what I mean? Maybe the maybe the Chiefs. They basically put it on the Chiefs. Maybe the Chiefs overlooked the Raiders entering the game. They didn't really give the Raiders respect. Now, if the Raiders can do it twice, ah, put some respect on the Raiders, baby. Okay. But with that said, you probably um, won't change your prediction for the game. But before you came on, I did mention that Cleveland Farrell and Lamarcus Joyner were placed on the reserve. COVID-19 list, um, and we're not sure if they're going to play this weekend. Uh, with that said, and with that in mind, what is your final score prediction for Raiders Chiefs in Las Vegas, primetime Sunday night football? I want the Raiders to win this game extremely bad. I do. But for me to think that they are going to sweep the Kansas City Chiefs, would be really, really stupid by me. <laughs> so I'm going to say 
that the Raiders win this game. Oh, hold up. What? So and you are- sweep. <laughs> <laughs> and sweep <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think this is real stupid by me, but I just truly feel that the Raiders know exactly who they are. And they're going to be exactly who they are. And they're going to smash mouth and they're going to run this football. They're at the crib, even though it ain't no fans. They play with a lot of different energy at the cribber. I love <laughs> the Raiders in this game being who they are and bringing home a nail biter and sweeping the Kansas City Chiefs this season. And if I was a stat guy right now and if I was if I was a researcher, it probably would have a stat that says the Raiders ain't swept the Chiefs since 1919. <laughs> <laughs> I actually should. I wish I actually had that stat. Gosh darn it. Like, but I'm going to say in 2020. You no, know, it actually happened, I think, when Tom Cable was the coach. I think it was in the early 2000s. I, I can't I can't um, remember. But anyways, they swept the division, but then they didn't win the division. Because uh, of the record, or I forget how it worked. Anyway, in 2020, it happens again. I like the Raiders in this game, and I'm going to say it's going to be 37 to 35 Raiders. 37 to 35 Raiders. I actually had a similar score. Um, it's hilarious. You say all the stats are against the Raiders, and yes, and I believe well, look, did you even get 37, 38. <laughs> but that was my score, 38, 35. So now I'm going to put up a different score. Thanks a lot. Yeah, 38. You could get 37 in a weird way. Yeah, you can. Anyhow, okay, so JJ, all the stats are against the Raiders. It really is. And you want to know what the biggest stat against the Raiders is? Well, I don't know if it's the biggest stat, but (laughs) it's a big stat. We talked about it last last year. Andy Reid coming off a bye week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So Andy Reid... Is eighteen and three coming off a bye week, and I want to know why in the world do I feel like every single year the Raiders face the freaking Chiefs after a bye week? Ain't this some ish? It ain't fair. That's right there. That's some bull crap. But anyway, so that's a big stat to consider: is that Andy Reid's eighteen and three coming off a bye week? But I think Andy Reid is about to be eighteen and four coming off this bye week (laughs) and it's me yes being a homer even though all the stats and everything is against us yes when's the last time they swept the chiefs it'll be ridiculous if the raiders you know hand the chiefs who've only lost one game which was to the raiders they lose twice and it's to the raiders this year that would just be kind of crazy but i'm saying it is going to happen my final score was 38 35 and you cheated because you changed it uh, from 37 to 35, but I guess we we're both going to have the same final score prediction. So there we go. My final score prediction is that the Raiders are going to beat the Chiefs, 38, 35, and then everybody the next day on Victory Monday will be talking about how the Raiders are true Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> I'm going too far, but you know, I'm just saying. I'm hey, just saying. you beat the Super Bowl champs twice. So why not say it? You're right, you're right, you're right. I think we just got Raider Nation pumped. Are you guys pumped up for the game? I know I'm pumped up for the game. Um, And then hopefully, you know, (laughs) JJ will actually be on um, our podcast at least by Tuesday. You know, let's give JJ like a two-day wiggle room. (laughs) 
we'll see what happens next week. Anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.